One day, Lawrence Vale took me to the top of the Eiffel Tower and when we were gazing at Paris, he asked me if I would like to marry him. I said yes at once. I thought it was a fine idea. As soon as he had asked me, he regretted it. In fact, from then on, he kept changing his mind. Every time I saw him look as though he were trying to swallow his Adam's apple, I knew he was regretting his proposal. He got more and more nervous about our future, and one day he ran away to Rouen to think matters over. Lawrence's mother, Mrs. Vale, insisted on sending Mary Reynolds with him. She even paid her train fare, hoping that this would cause sufficient trouble to end the engagement. But when they got to Rouen, they did nothing but fight, and soon Lawrence wired that he still wanted to marry me. As we were more or less engaged, I decided to warn my mother. She came rushing back from Rome to stop the marriage. She thought she should get references of Lawrence's. She asked him who would give any. Lawrence had a wide circle of acquaintances, and at St. Moritz, he had once met the King of Greece. So to tease my mother, he gave the King's name. My mother carried a little notebook and inscribed names in it. She was quite puzzled, and even asked me how she should communicate with the King of Greece. Of course, no one thought that we should marry. Leon went to my mother and told her how much of a catastrophe it would be, and Marion, an old friend, the brother of Dulcie Sulzberger, begged me to give up the project. He said, do anything, come and live with me as a sister, but don't marry Lawrence. Of course, I did marry him. It was all the fault of a lawyer called Charlie Lowe. We went to find him and ask him how it could be done. And before we knew it, he got all the papers and posted the bans and drew up a séparation des biens to protect my rights. After the bans were posted, I began to think we might really marry. But suddenly Lawrence decided to go to Capri with his sister Clotilde and postpone the wedding. I was to return to New York where he would join me in May if we still felt like marrying. One afternoon when he was all packed, he went to buy the tickets for his trip. My mother, Mrs. Vale and I, sat in the Hotel Plaza Athene, each with her private feelings about the future. Suddenly, Lawrence appeared in the doorway, looking as pale as a ghost and said, Peggy, will you marry me tomorrow? Of course, I said, yes. And after that, I was still not at all sure that Lawrence would not run away. So I decided not to buy a dress for the wedding. I bought a hat instead. The morning of the wedding, Lawrence's mother phoned me to say, he's off. I thought she meant Lawrence had run away. He hadn't. She merely meant that he was on his way to fetch me. We went in a tram car to the mairie of the 16e arrondissement avenue Henri Martin, where the ceremony was to take place. We had invited all kinds of friends. There were four distinct elements among the guests. First of all, Lawrence had invited all his bohemian friends, but as he was rather ashamed of marrying me, he had written them petit bleu notes, briefly asking them to be present, as though he were asking them to a party, and he did not even mention who the bride was to be. My mother invited all her French Zeligman cousins who lived in Paris and all her bourgeois friends. Lawrence's mother invited the American colony, of which she was herself a well-known hostess, and I invited all my friends. They were very mixed at the time. They were writers and painters, mostly from a very respectable milieu, and of course, there was Boris Dembo, my Russian friend, who came to the wedding and wept because I wasn't marrying him. Helen Fleischmann was my witness, and Lawrence's sister was his. My mother nearly cried because she was not asked to sign the register, so we had to let her add her name to the others. We made her provide lots of champagne, she gave us a big party at the Plaza Tini after the ceremony. 
When we had all drunk a lot of champagne and danced for hours, someone suggested that Lawrence take me away on a honeymoon. We were going to Italy in three days, but Lawrence didn't seem to be in the slightest hurry about ending the wedding party. I then asked my Russian teacher, Jacques Chiffrin, to come too, but Lawrence objected, and I had to disinvite him. Finally, Betty Humes, a friend of Lawrence who was in the consulate service, persuaded him to take his bride away. We went to a hotel on the Rue de Rivoli and then to bed. We soon got up, however, as we had invited many of our friends to come to a second wedding party at the Little Boeuf sur le Toit in the Rue Boissy d'Angla. On the way there, we went to Pruniers and ate a lot of oysters. The next morning, my doctor came to administer piqûre as I was recovering from the flu. He was Proust's doctor and had looked after him all that winter when he was dying. He now seemed elated by my marriage and told me I was entering into a marvellous new life. I was surprised as I felt depressed and said, do you really think so? I don't. As soon as I found myself married, I felt extremely let down. Then for the first time I had a moment to think about whether or not I really desired the marriage. Up to the last minute, Lawrence had been in such a state of uncertainty that I had been kept in suspense and never questioned my own feelings. Now that I had achieved what I thought was desirable, I no longer valued it so much.